0: motherfuckers of the world. It is episode six of Gigs and Ghosts with me, your host, Mikey Shiraz. And this week we have a very, very special guest. He is Ben, Ben Carter, drummer for EVIO.
1: <laughs>
0: Welcome, Ben. Yo, Good to see you, brother. See you, Good to see you. Well, how we do this is People who have listened before we will know we're going to talk about your musical life to start off with, you know, where you started, where you've been, where you're going, all that sort of shit. Then when we get the boring stuff out of the way, we get serious. We talk about the good stuff. We talk about the ghosts. The ghosts. So Ben, Ben Carter. Hello. Tell me, man, how the fuck did you get started in music?
2: Um, I started playing... Uh, a tennis racket pretending it was a guitar and then my mum bought me my first guitar and then obviously it was inevitable that at some point i'd become a drummer oh of course <laughs> so were you shit a guitar no no i'm g- quite an all right guitarist i think but yeah. um i just preferred being behind a drum kit it just felt better i didn't have to you know like most people when they're learning an instrument they just kind of go through the motions a bit until they get better and better and better and like go through lessons and there's like an aptitude kind of Curve. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that. I just sat down behind a drum kit and I could play drums instantly. Yeah. Um And it was just like, oh, right, I guess I'm a drummer then. And
0: that's... You see, I'm different to that. Yeah. Uh Like, I tried guitar. Well, I tried cornet originally mm. when
2: I was at junior school. Shit. Mm. Cornet or cornetto? Oh, well, I had
0: a cornetto <laughs> and a cornet. <laughs> really hard. So then I was like, I know. Maybe I've got loads of friends who play guitar and are in bands and shit. And I've been around them for years. I should be good at guitar. Yep. I couldn't play it in five minutes. Then you gave up. Gave up. Yeah. Sat behind a drum kit. I've got no natural rhythm, which surprised me because I'm a fucking great dancer.
2: Yeah. Ah, oh, that is surprising. Yeah. I've seen you dance. It's good, isn't it? It is, yeah.
0: And I was like, you know what?
2: I'll stand at the
0: front and sing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's how we go. There you go. But So, you, was, range. so you were there with natural rhythm from yeah, the very start. It, just,
2: it was just something I found really easy. Um, so my, my dad bought me my first drum kit when I was probably about nine or ten. Um, and then started playing with his band when I was ten years old. Like, I used to load into venues and stuff with him and his band, and like fifty rock and roll band, and all the people in the crowd would be like, "Oh, look at that little kid carrying all the equipment. Oh, that's cute. Oh, look at that guy setting the kit up. Oh, that's really. Oh, he's the drummer. So, <laughs> and it like, that's all my dad did when I was younger. He used to set me to see as many bands as possible, and I just, I just watched all the drummers, soaked everything up, yeah, and kind of stole everything from everyone.
0: Sweet. So the one with your dad was your first band you were ever in. Pretty much, yeah. Is it the band you're playing with him now? Yeah, yeah. That's wicked. It's, so it's one of first in
2: a... incarnations of a band called JB Good. Um, um, yeah, since that's, forever. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's had other drummers in between and everything. Like I, I went off and did loads of other like indie projects and stuff. Um, loads of people I met at school and actually did all right for a, for a short while. But yeah, I've always played with my dad's band. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just automatic.
0: I mean, when I first met you, you were a drummer in Mary Jane.
2: Yeah, so that I was drumming a girl punk band called Mary Jane for a bit with uh, Terry and Rachel. I was at college with them, and uh, after their drummer Stefan left, they needed someone pretty quick, and I'd been watching the band for years, so I slotted into that role. B- before that, I was in indie bands like we used to play London. Do you ever play a place in London called the Red Eye at Islington? Is it like a, a dive bar somewhere? It was a proper dive bar, yeah. yeah. Everything was painted black, and as you were loading in your, all your equipment and everything, uh, you just walked into the walls because you literally couldn't see shit yeah, when yeah. you were going in there. I, th- I think it's gone now, but that was always a really cool gig to do. I'm just trying to
0: imagine you in an indie band.
2: Oh, yeah, I got fired from said indie band um, ceremoniously by the, by the uh, singer who was off his tits on coke all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, he dropped me off at home after doing the gig. We'd driven back up from London. And he said, Ben, man, this this band's as much about image as it is about, like, playing ability and everything. Uh, so uh, this thing about taking your top off on stage, man, it's just too much, it's too much. So we're going to have to let you go, I'm sorry. This is at the same gig where he'd fallen off the stage face first because he was that off his face on coke.
0: Well, there you go. And
2: is that so, indie band still going? Nope. Well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the guys is. One yeah. of the guys is doing really, really well now in America with a, a really popular band. So, what band? Um... Should I say? It's up to you. Uh, Scars on Forty Five. I think I've heard the name. Yeah, what do they do? A guy called Danny. Um, he's, he's like I don't know. He's just like post rock kind of stuff, but yeah. pretty cool. Danny were always a really good songwriter and everything. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't the singer. No, he wasn't the singer. He was he was a, he was a guitarist. Yeah. And me and him always got on. Um, so. He was a singer. who Was an absolute bell end.
0: So if you're in, in an indie band, don't take your top off or you're out. of the door. Yeah.
2: Well, I just got. What can I say? I get hot and sweaty when I'm playing drums, and I put a lot into it, as as you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never but, take my top off. But in that environment, it was deemed unnecessary, yeah. shall we say. That's proper rude. But fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: not bothered. I personally don't take my top off on stage because of the amount of nipples I've got.
2: Mm. Eight. The last the eight nipples? Eight. Like a cow? Uh,
0: no, because weirdly, the cows have four udders. Oh,
2: they've got udders, yeah, sorry. Uh,
0: cats, I think they have ten or eight. But yeah, I've got two there and then six on mm. my back. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah, it's weird. Cool. The ones that were lacked lactate. But they, you wouldn't have been able to see them on stage singing. I spin around a spin around a lot. You a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're gyrating. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I like to turn to the drummer and go, look at
0: my nips, look, look at my nips. <laughs> just flip it around. But uh, how long were
2: you in uh, Mary Jane? Um, It was a while. I think it was like four, five years. Like you did a, an album we produced did.
0: by Killing Joke,
2: Yeah, we did, yeah. So we, we got signed to a little label, like an independent label around here. And, uh, Chocolate Fireguard. Chocolate Fireguard. Pat Fulgoni. Pat Fulgoni, yeah. That? Um, and he, he took us over to Czech Republic and we recorded in Prague. We were there for a few weeks, um, but it was produced by Geordie Walker from Killing Joe, yeah. who was interesting to work with. Um, Give you some stories. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were out there with their new drummer, uh, a guy called Ben, Ben Calvert. Almost Ben Carter. Yeah, almost Ben Carter, but not quite. Um, far better than I will be. Um, <laughs> I think he's doing a load of hip hop and R&B stuff now. He's pretty, pretty prolific. Um, yeah. But at the time he'd just joined Killing Joke and they were rehearsing downstairs in one of the rehearsal rooms underneath the studio. But Ben had an apartment on the top floor. And uh, this is when um, Paul Raven was still alive Mm. and we'd been out on the lash with him and everything. And Jordy tried to get like all everyone tequilas in this bar and he'd drunk the uh, the bar dry of tequila within the space of a week. Not just what was over the optics, like the cellar and everything. Everything. The, the last behind the bar just said, you've cleaned us out. Was and that he told because this, of Terry? Uh, no, that no. was that was killing joke. No. <laughs> so we went down into this rehearsal room and it was just a mess, yep. like a war zone. And what had happened is they'd all got absolutely fucking larry and decided to try and kill each other. So there was like, the the keyboard was smashed in half. They'd ripped like table legs off and I think youth had tried to bat a Paul with it and it all got really, really... Like, intense, apparently. Holy but then, then on another night out, um, Ben had been out drinking with Geordie. Might have been the same night when they ran out of tequila. Mm. But uh, he decided to kick open his plate glass door on the front of his apartment. And he needed about 58 stitches up his leg because he cut shit. himself really, really bad. And uh, all the blood was still up the staircase all the way up to his apartment and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were playing, like, they were playing, what's the big stadium in Prague? In the middle, it's like... Oh, uh, Pragu Stadia. That might be it. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing that shortly after, and, uh, yeah, he, he went in a bad way. Holy shit. Yeah, but they were telling us all stories about when Dave Grohl was flying over and doing some stuff with him and everything. Yeah, because he and,
0: played on that album, Asteroid. Yeah, that's the one,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, I saw him, just after they did that album, they spotted Motley Crue in yeah, Manchester. that's it, yeah. That um, was the same kind of same kind of time. Yeah. Um, so we heard some stories about Dave Grohl not being the nicest person to work with. Which, Lies. <laughs> which who am I to you know, I can't say anything. I never worked with the bloke, but um apparently he just kept flying in from LA and then firing sound engineers and then disappearing back like for a week and then coming back over and going, No, that drum kit sounds shit, going back over Coming back over, saying that drum kit sounds shit and this went on for weeks apparently.
0: Dave Grohl can do that, man. He can, you can. can, you, you know, know. I'd be flying around like that He's if I had the money. The only man- to have a number one album in three different bands. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's Foo Fighters, Nirvana and, uh, was it, Thingy Vultures. Oh, yeah, Them uh,
2: them Crooked Vultures. Them Crooked Vultures, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine having that amount of power? I know. Wow.
0: Seems like a nice dude, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone says he's a nice guy. He's got to be. He's
0: got to be. He's got to be. Why would everyone say he is and then he's not? Why were the band who tried to kill each other at practice? <laughs> you know, I'm going to take everybody else over what they said. So, so
2: Jazz Coleman was interesting as well. We only, oh met, him, we only met him twice. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of like getting hit by a hurricane and then leaving. <laughs> yeah, he made no sense. Um, the most terrifying man I've probably ever met in my life mm-hmm. because of that. Um, but you could see... He's a very troubled genius. Oh yeah, yeah. Very I mean, complicated individual, but still, you know, still going, still going, still going, yeah.
0: and he's still leading that band. And so and Terry, beat.
2: Terry had a few uh, fallings out, shall we say, yeah. with um, with Geordie. That was an interesting dynamic.
0: She's a strong character, um, man. That's what happens. Yeah,
2: that's that's exactly it. When it wasn't the biggest studio, and uh, yeah, it was just you know, Mary Jane was ace. I love playing in Mary Jane, but at the time, Evile, Evile was just. EVIL was just bubbling and just about to sign and everything. Um, oh, you were in Metal Militia before EVIL? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Metallica Tribute thing was turning into EVIL very slowly but very obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and as EVIL started getting more gigs and more attention, I was juggling bands everywhere and it, something I had to give. Um, and I just felt there was more longevity with EVIL than there would have been with the stuff. Because, like, we were doing stuff like with Mary Jane that were a bit like distillers, a bit like whole. Yeah. And it only had a certain amount of lifespan in it. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. It was. You know, one one thing had to go, and unfortunately, it was Mary Jane.
0: Yeah, but I mean, looking back now, I think you made the right decision. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because absolutely. I, I remember when you got signed with Eval to Eric. Was it two thousand five?
2: Yeah, two thousand and seven, I think. Yeah, well, I, I just remember just you coming in the
0: West Riding the night you'd signed. Yeah, and, me and Mike came in. Yeah, and got, uh, and got a tab and just drank. Yeah, because we,
2: we couldn't believe what was happening. So we, we, played, we played all these gigs all over the UK, and we didn't think we were getting any attention, but we did find out that there was a million other thrash bands doing a similar thing to what we were trying to do. So everyone was in this like big kind of thrash family doing the same gigs, same venues. But we got asked to play Bloodstock Festival, and we didn't know that Digby Pearson from Earache uh, was going to be in the crowd. So we're playing, just doing what we normally did. And then Monday morning, there's an email waiting for us saying, do you want to sign with Earache? So Matt rings us up and he's like, you know, do you want to do this? And we just thought it was like a subsidiary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went on the website and actually looked and did a bit of delving. And like, you know, there's people like Carcass there and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're just like, they want us? What? So that's all right. We went down to Nottingham, signed the deal. But yeah, that night when we found out, me and Mike, our old bassist, mm-hmm. came into the West, didn't we? And we just got absolutely ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm like laughs> and how- rightly so.
0: And like. That first album did pretty well. You like you were seen as revitalising the thrash scene, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, like you say, it was always bubbling. There's a lot of bands doing that sort of thing, but in a way, you kind of sort of like spearheaded
2: this new wave. That's of that's what they labelled it as. Um, unbeknownst to us, like we didn't ask them to do that. That's just their angle that they went in on because they saw the scene was bubbling back under and everything, and. uh, I think we took it a little bit more honestly than and a bit more seriously yeah. than a lot of the other bands well, around the time. You
0: do find like a lot do it in a kind of a jokey way. And yeah,
2: like yeah, and we always said we were never going to be one of them like kind of skate, crossover thrash bands. You know, like you think of the big four. You've got Metallica, who are like the mainstream, kind of more commercial one. You've got Slayer, who are just nasty and aggressive. And then you've got Anthrax, that don't really take themselves so serious. Mm. And Then you've got Megadeth, who are you know the clinicians, what? but don't kind of get the same kind of revere as as Metallica. It it was that kind of thing. And we got, we got labeled as something quite early on and we just thought, yeah, let's roll with this. Who's your favorite of the big four? It changes depending on what mood I'm in. Is it Anthrax? It's Exodus.
0: Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, number five.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, it depends what mood I'm in.
0: Yeah. But you saw like around that time, like more and more bands were coming up in that scene, like, uh, Bonded by Blood. And yeah, Bonded by Blood. Gamma and Bomb.
2: And Gamma Bomb. Philly's coming
0: up in a few weeks' time. Yep. Yeah, we're going to get some. Yeah, great. Philly will be great. Yeah, I'm
2: looking forward. I'm looking yeah, forward Philly
0: to it. Philly will be fantastic. On. And he, uh, he puts... I like how he puts a performance behind it. You know, he dresses up. He has his, oh, absolutely. his glove and shit. Oh, yeah. His absolutely. mic stand.
2: He's, he's all about the performance side of it, mm. for sure.
0: Uh, also, so, Eval, how long have you been going now?
2: It'll be... So, we've started properly in... Like two thousand, maybe ninety nine. So, uh, we released his first EP two thousand four ish. So it'll be coming up to well, it's twenty years, twenty twenty one years. And you're the uh, longest running member. I'm the yeah, the only. What? How can I phrase this? I've been there from day one. The yeah. only one to play every gig. Yes. Me too. Man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've um, never, never faltered, never kind of, you know, wavered in my commitments at band or anything. Just. Even through various injuries and yeah, yeah, you know stuff that wouldn't literally have killed other people, I've yeah. just got through it and just. You want
0: what we call in the industry a lifer? Yeah, absolutely, you
2: know? absolutely. I've said that since day one. Mm-hmm. People say, like, what would you do if you weren't a musician? I'd just dead. <laughs> that would be dead.
1: <laughs> You'd be a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I would
0: I'd be a ghost? <laughs> so you're you're recording a new album at the moment? Mm.
2: What number album? Number six. Number six. Uh, so yeah, we're signed to Napalm Records right now. They've been looking after us really well, yep. but we've just... So this after... Well, this, earlier this evening, we did all the backing vocals that we needed to do to finish the track off, and the label wanted it completed by next Wednesday, I believe, so... That's rushing, fast, because yeah, your last
0: album wasn't
2: that long, ago, was it? No, no, we did did our last album uh, in the gap of lockdown for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that down at Andy Sneap's studio down in Belper. Uh, a guy called Chris Clancy engineered it, who's done... God, he's done all sorts. Um, he's better known for doing one of Machine Head's albums. Um, which one? The new metal one? Uh, no, it was one like a few years back. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but he's, he's shit hot. He knows our sound now, inside and out. And um, our last album, Hell unleashed, did really well. It sounds really massive, and it was a good album. It was a good return to form, like thrashy oh, yeah. form for us. But this new one, it's a bit different.
0: Well, like your last one, um, it was a bit more. Is aggressive a good way yeah, to say it? absolutely. Because we had,
2: we had a bit of a hiatus, didn't we? Because, yeah. you know, all left the band and came back. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a bit of time off because of that. And then um, Matt decided to leave. Um, and then become we become a cinema man. Yeah, family man. You know, responsibilities take over. Yeah, yeah, of know, course. That's, that's, that's fair enough. Um, he was struggling to commit. And he said, he said openly that, you know, he loved being in the band and he loved fronting the band. But that hour that you're on stage... Doesn't equate for the other twenty three that you're missing your family and being away from your family and stuff, and that you can't argue with that. Well,
0: yeah, people forget. Yeah, they think they see you on stage do that hour. They forget like the twenty hours you've just spent travelling and sound checking and all the waiting around and then afterwards going home and everything. And
2: it is. It is a lot of work and stuff. It is. Um, But but that's what I signed up for. I know the crack, and you know that's what that's what I'm here for. Um, But yeah, the, the the new album and everything. We we recorded the body of it. Probably November sort of time. Um, I did drums in four days again, five days tops. Um, and then all's done the guitars off-site and done some vocals somewhere else. And we're just piecing it together because I think the way you record an album isn't like what it used to be, where you're there and you're staying on site for a month or a month and a half or whatever. Yeah. That We just don't have the money anymore. The finances aren't there anymore. Well, it's
0: just how it is in the whole scene, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So we've, we've managed to piece it together and I've just had a few mixes back this week and it's just sounding massive. But... As people who know Evile will guess, we're not, the, we're not the sort of band to do the same album twice. So mm-hmm. we're exploring something else this time. Not that it's not Ooh. going to be thrash, not that it's not going to be metal. It's just us in a different way.
0: Throwing a ballad in.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a ballad in there.
0: You love a ballad.
2: Yeah, we do, because we, we can I pull mean, ballads off. I mean, I you personally. I've seen you on karaoke, man. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've
0: seen, I know how much you love heart. I do. And how much yep. you love a fucking power ballad.
2: Absolutely right. And
0: And me too, man, you know.
2: Everyone's a frustrated frontman. Well, every drummer's a frustrated frontman.
0: Every frontman's so. a frustrated front man, you know. <laughs> What's I, I, frustrating uh, you, darling? I want to do some power ballads, man. <laughs> you know, you see, if I'm out at karaoke night, I'm like going, all right, let's find better Roses. Let's
2: Absolutely. find Total
0: Clips of the Heart. Let's find yep. a ballad. When I'm at home, I'm singing ballads around my Them's house. Them's the ones. And anyone comes around, I'm like, i going to stick some hardcore on quickly. Yep. All right, guys, we're going to throw down. I remember... Um, just after lockdown when we moved to the new parish and one morning uh I was opening up and I was in the beer garden cleaning and I put on the uh Battle Hell musical soundtrack. Yep. I was like, no one else is here. I'm going to make it loud as fuck. <laughs> loud as fuck. Everywhere. It's in the beer garden I'm singing really loud. It's like, doesn't <laughs> nobody can hear me. Then um Perry gave me a phone call. He's like going, you at parish? I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like going, uh, Joe Peanut Joe. Yep. And she's around working at the warehouse and they're, they're complaining about the uh, show tunes coming from being at a parish at half nine in the morning.
2: And what did you say? Go fuck yourself. And
0: there's only two <laughs> more songs left, mate. <laughs> I'm going to get through this. You know, I, I was performing. I mean, have you seen the Battle of Hell musical? No, I haven't. Dude, it's incredible. I bet.
2: it's It's... Unbelievable. I bet it's like really kind of bombastic and flamboyant and big. and and
0: Very Jim Steinman all over. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Yeah, you can tell a mile off, can't you?
0: What's your favourite Powell Ballad? I
2: know it's hard. Well, it's going to have to be Alone, isn't it?
1: How can I get you? But,
2: but, I don't know. I mean, Journey have got some bangers, haven't they? They do. Foreigner have got some bangers. Speaking of which, don't you play drums in Foreigner's Journey? I do at the minute, yeah. And tell us, <laughs> what is what is Foreigner's Journey? It's a Foreigner and Journey tribute act. <laughs> Fantastic. But it's, it's great because I get to put some different heads on. Like, you know, I, I put my, you know, my Steve Smith head on and mm-hmm. Dean Castronovo hat and, you know. Do you get zucchini vocals. Uh, not yet, but I am gonna. R- I R- am R- gonna. R- all R- gonna all, R- them, all them all them all them upper harmonies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be doing the falsetto bits. Fucking yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's just it's just good fun, you know. We do some good gigs, and they've got a good following, and it's great music. And mm-hmm. you know, when I'm not doing anything with Evil, it's nice to have something else and still play music. You know. Yeah, of I, course. Man. Yeah, but it, it helps that they've got such a vast back catalogue, both bands, mm-hmm. that you can just pick and choose. And
0: favorite Journey song.
2: Lights or Girl Can't Help It.
0: Sweet Favourite Foreigner song? Mm. None of them. <laughs> Nightlife. Nightlife. Yeah. So go check out those songs if you don't know them. Uh, Favourite Evil song? Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't know. One off the new one but I can't tell you which.
0: Oh, do you have a title for it? Are we allowed to know the title? No, not yet. Either.
2: No, we do have a title but I can't say. I'm sworn to secrecy. Dog Spaghetti. Close, but not anywhere spaghetti near. Dogs. <laughs> spaghetti Dogs. sounds like a really good band name. We
0: are Spaghetti Dogs. <laughs> Scream for me, again. Not to be
2: confused with Noodle Cats.
0: Oh man, I hate Noodle Cats. I'm just not a fan of K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so you're going to Spain this weekend. Mm. Is that a festival or just a gig? It is. We're playing a festival called Tonic or Catatonic or something. Yeah, yeah, It's K with tonic after it. So I can't pronounce it. It's like it sounds like Klingon. That's
0: the one. That's oh the yeah, one. I've heard it.
2: So yeah, we're headlining that. I don't know where in Spain it is. It's up round the coast from Barcelona somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um What's your favourite
0: country you've toured
2: though? Oh god. I can't I can't pick one. I loved touring the States. I loved touring Canada. You um, met a friend of mine
0: in Canada, I believe. Which who was that? Uh, on one of your tours. I think you stayed at our house. <gasps> uh what's her Pray name? Tell. Is it cat or something? She's like a Canadian punk. And uh, once she was going around the UK with leftover crack. Oh, and uh, yes, yeah. And she sent me a message going. I just had a this band way. called Eval, and uh, they said they were from Hudsfield. So I was like, going, Do you know Mikey? And they did know you. So yeah, I go, yeah. No, oh
2: God, that's the yeah. blast from the past. That was
0: way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it might be
2: two thousand and eight or so something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what a small world, music is. It man. is. It really is. Um, we we were in Colombia um, a couple of months back, mm-hmm. November time. And uh, it was really weird, like people queuing up outside the hotel waiting to get stuff signed by us and have photos and stuff.
0: I like it on, like, on your socials when you announce a tour and it's always like, come to Peru, Peru oh, yeah. come to yeah, Brazil. It's, it's a mainstay, isn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, you yeah, can yeah. guarantee it. Come, c- come to Uzbekistan.
0: Yeah, you go well, <laughs> it's like, thrash
2: is big there, <laughs>
0: yeah. as our <as> spaghetti does.
1: <laughs> 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 no,
2: it's, it's, it's great though, it's a great feeling. Um, yeah. But it's quite humbling in a way as well. Oh, of course. Um, and yeah. scary. The fact that you can go to the other side of the world and someone will know you by name and come up and shake your hand and say thank you for something that you've created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? It's like If you worked in Sainsbury's, you wouldn't get that, would you? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, do I do it every time. Do
0: you? Every time I go, excuse me, <laughs> where's the avocados? And they go, there, I go, thank you for all you do. Thank you for all <laughs> Thank your
2: you, you do. for your yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, get out of my way. I'm a rock star. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, with um, Eva, you've got to play with some of your heroes and shit.
2: Yeah. Um, I remember I th- we had a bit of a baptism of firelight right so, in the early days. We got thrown in the deep end. First, first ever big tour was Megadeth. Yeah. Six yeah. weeks around Europe with Megadeth. And I'm then so straight sorry. after that, no, it was amazing. For you. <laughs> no, no, say what you want. Dave Mustaine's amazing. Yeah. He's a brilliant bloke. He's, there's a lot of depth to his character. Mm-hmm. But the problem is his character's behind this massive entourage. Oh, really? And you've got to get through the entourage to get to him. And he lets you in when he chooses and that's it. You've got a window of opportunity to speak to him and see him just for Dave Mustaine. Yeah. And then facade back up, bubble the safety bubble around him is back yeah. up. Um, but in them few few instances that we were able to hang out with him and speak to him at length about stuff, he was, he's really down to earth, really articulate, quite a lovely guy. That's cool. And he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, much to everyone's...
0: Everybody wants it, a chip. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's seen some kind of monster. So in, like,
2: in his words, he said, look, I don't have a chip on my shoulder about anything. It's the media that keep that chip there. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of understand it. Can you imagine being constantly reminded of being fired from the biggest band on the planet? You were fired yeah. from
0: an indie band, man. <laughs>
2: Damn <laughs> <it>.
0: Bastards. Why? <laughs> uh, so um, do you have a favourite band that you've tuned with? Like, you've You've had a few that you've ticked off the list, like... Dream ones, like Megadeth, you did Machine Head, didn't you? He?
2: We yeah, we've done Machine Head. Or... Uh, we toured with Exodus for a bit. They were amazing. I think uh, Exodus is the most fun band we've toured with. Yeah. Um, just because they're all just grown up big kids, you know.
0: As everyone is, is in music yeah, pretty th- much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: but them guys more so. They don't take it too seriously, um, apart from when they're on stage, obviously. But um, yeah, Gary's brilliant. The rest of them are brilliant. Tom Hunting's an absolute sweetheart. Um, who else did we tour with? Trying to think, Overkill were great. Yeah, Overkill don't now they do it night after night with that kind of intensity. They're just something else. Bobby Blitz is not normal. He's not human.
0: Is that his real name? No, it's Robert Blitz. It's yeah, it's, it's
2: uh, Robert Ellsworth, I think. Robert it? Ellsworth. Is it? I might be wrong there. No I think it is. I'm not sure.
0: Right. I always ask this. So you don't have to answer it, but I prefer it if you do.
2: Go on. Biggest asshole.
0: I want a nitty-gritty, man. I want this stuff.
2: There's, a, There's been a few tour managers. Oh, well, yeah. Um, there's been a few tour managers and, you know, like the people that they've started in the industry somewhere. Normally, and they've, and they've, <laughs> but they But they've forgotten how to talk to other people because yeah. their meteoric rise or whatever you want to say is like, it's made them forget or they just don't care. Whereas I always treat everyone with the same level of respect because, you know, everyone starts in the same place. I think, yeah, I you think it's very mean? important,
0: and yeah. It's like why I always, if we're headlining, which mm. not often, but if we are, always make sure you talk to the other bands, you watch the other bands yeah. have a chat. You know, everyone starts in the same place. Exactly. And they just...
2: I mean, you, I, know, I know there's only one, one way shit flows down and that's, you know, downwards, but mm, at the same you're time, you don't, you don't, and then it goes <laughs> the way. <laughs> 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 no, you, you, you know, you respect doesn't cost anything, does it? it? Just, and, you know, I've... I've there have been some bands that have made stuff exceptionally difficult for us. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Dave Mustaine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get it here, folks. <laughs> um, I told you it was complex. No, 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 no. Um, I can't, I can't single it out as any one individual because no, you no, get, you get them everywhere. Have you ever had
0: like a brawl with another band?
2: No, but I've been close. Yeah, we um, had a big one with
0: OPM. Oh yeah, we got chucked off tour. Did been you? called the most dangerous band in the UK. Fucking hell! Get in. <laughs> yeah, well, it was when Rob wasn't abandoned.
2: Oh well, yeah, it was I, 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 the most dangerous <laughs> Rob in the UK. <laughs> I'm glad that clarified yeah. it because I was going to say it. Rest of your pussy cats.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh, he was angry at that I oh, know. I can it imagine was, Rob it, angry. Actually, it was quite amazing. And he's a big lad, and he's yeah, yeah. you know, it's Opium.
2: Andy. Fuck.
0: <laughs> I actually, ran into the drummer of Opium a couple of years ago in Austria, and he's now the uh, drum tech for NoFX, and I was just like stood side at stage with Cal and just chatting away. And he was like, Mike, Mike. I was like, oh, hey, because I never remember a face. Yeah, yeah. Or a name. Yeah. Like, and he came over and he's like, it's so-and-so from OPM. I was like, oh, man, how oh, are you? bang. <laughs> you know like? He was lovely. He was just like, oh, sorry about everything that happened and blah, blah, blah. I was like, are you in OPM anymore? He's like, no, dude, this with no effects now. It's like,
2: better yeah, for you. Fair dues.
0: Yeah, well, when you get to Spain, Twitter banned.
2: No, I'm, I, no, no, I think normally what happens is it's it's punters that like you know like when you're out after you've done a gig and people come up to you and say oh thanks for a great gig blah blah blah. Mm. I've had a few where I've had a few where people have come up to me and said really kind of challenging things. Yeah. And one of the one of the worst ones was we were we'd played with Overkill in Montreal, mm-hmm. and uh, this guy was out with his missus, and we'd been drinking with them. She, she was fine with us. She really enjoyed the show. And he started getting a bit leery and he challenged me to a drinking contest. Right. And we were drinking out of plastic plastic um, pint glasses, yeah. you know, in this, in this bar. And uh, everyone's kind of nudging his missus going, don't, just don't, you know, Ben will win. Mm-hmm. So anyway, first pint, chugged. I won. And he's like, yeah, I won, I won. Yeah, cool. And, and everyone's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, right, okay, round two, we'll do it again then. <laughs> so another one. So I sucked another one, put it down, I won. And he's like running around like he's won again. And his <laughs> missus is looking at him like, what, what are you doing? Why are you being such a dick? Anyway, the third one, did it again. And he slammed his cup down on the table and then slammed it into my face and did the whole plastic glass twist in the face. Oh my word. Yeah, so I picked him up and I power slammed him through a table in front of a full pub. <laughs> Wrestling! Yeah! So everyone yeah, kind did. of cheered and just stood around going, Oh shit, Ben's <laughs> lost it, and I was like what, what do you expect man yeah. you 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 like my band, but there's a boundary there, Now yeah, you've, yeah. you've crossed that, and you've made it something that it should never have been, so instant diffusal yeah, yeah he kind of, but the best best thing was he kind of <laughs> just imagine you, ah! yeah honestly, <laughs> it was it, it was as quick as as quick as that yeah and oh, uh, get the table! and, and uh <laughs> like Joel was laughing, he was just like, Oh shit, Ben's gone now." And this guy, this guy got up and kind of dusted himself. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, I guess we can call that one a draw then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you I, I you. do like your your Montreal accent too. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that was it. Uh, bonjour,
2: bonjour, no. fell Brian.
0: <laughs> so, man, uh, like you said, new uh, when's the new album out?
2: Oh, fool! Sorry, I'm just breaking stuff. Yeah, Typical sorry. me. Uh, <laughs> new album. Probably like May, June sort of time. Yeah. We haven't had a, a concrete date from the label yet, but...
0: and Sorry, I forgot. What's it called again?
2: I can't say. Damn it! I was <laughs> nearly. Nearly. Um, You'll have to get me on. <laughs> sneaky, <laughs> more sneaky. More drunk. <laughs>
0: it's cool. Well, well. good luck with that, man. Thank you, mate. And uh, I look forward to hearing it and seeing where you tour next. It's
2: going to be heavy. Yeah. Um, and then we're slated a UK tour for later in the year, probably about November sort of oh, time. No
0: sweet. But Huddersfield date.
2: I hope so. It was good last time. Always. I loved it. It was a good time. Yeah, that venue is amazing now.
0: It is very good. Yeah. It is very good. Parish Huddersfield. But, like, that has come to the end of our music part Ooh. of the Gigs and Ghosts podcast. So, gigs gone. Now, we're going to get spooky. We're going to talk about... Oh. oh, God. So, let me start with this, Ben. Do you, Ben Carter, drummer of Foreigner's Journey and Evil? Believe in ghosts? Absolutely. Thank you, man. Second of six who've gone straight out and there's, said that.
2: There's got to be more. There's got. there can't just be this. The universe yeah. is too vast and too complicated for this to be all there is. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like this, the, the non-believers, mm. um, they always say, "Where's the evidence?" And it's there. The,
1: the the next
2: I I yeah. think. I think people and the brain and everything like that is that complex and there's so much about it that we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like, oh, rattling chains and, pe- you know, ghosting sheets, woo, all that shit. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think it's that, but I think some people are tuned into a different level of consciousness than other people are.
0: Oh yeah, completely. I know uh, we had uh, one uh, guest, I think it was Carol Hodge when she was on and she was talking about um, Poltergeist. guys, how mm. when they, uh, you always, uh, not always, but a lot of the time you find it's... Uh, teenage girls who are like going through a change yep, and stuff. Yep. They attract it because so, everything's going crazy. There's so much energy there. Yep. And so things are coming in like a shark. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, honing in on it, yeah. Yeah, and no, I totally agree with that. Like, like, people um, with high emotions might have this sort of crazy shit where things start moving about, and then other people just see shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see it as it's almost like when people are on like the spectrum like autism and stuff like that i think it's a it's a very similar it's got to be you mm. know it's got to there's got to be a facility in certain people's brains or a different chemical thing going on that mm. tune them into different stuff you know it's it's just like a different kind of hypersensitiveness or, yeah, yeah. or anything like that
0: no, it's, it's like um- I keep saying, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I keep saying, like, since I've started doing this podcast, I'm getting more and more people coming up to me on a night out and, said, like, telling me their ghost stories yeah. and, like, people you don't expect. Yeah. You know, it's like old man withers down the, down the lane going, oh,
2: Have God. you ever had two people tell you the same story that don't know that each of them know the same story? No. No. Right. So, an example of that is. Give me a story. Right. Tell me. So, well. <clears throat> My mum used to say like my mum and my dad, um, Ouija boards. Don't do Ouija boards. That's This is
0: an ongoing thing which is saying every week, so at home, do not use Ouija boards.
2: Yeah, and I never will. Um okay. and the thing that the thing that cemented that for me is the story. So mm-hmm. um my mum told me a story when I was younger about Ouija boards and stuff, that she did it with her older sister and uh, some friends and they called a the spirit up and something happened and the coin they were using as the, as the marker mm-hmm. ended up flying up in the air and smashing the street lamp that they were doing it underneath in, in the Holy street. Holy shit, so it went high. Yeah, yeah, just bang, bang, smash glass everywhere. Freaked my mum out. They all ran home crying, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably got a battering off my grandma because, you know, being silly and that. Yeah. Um, but then when I was at junior school, I was talking to a, a, a girl mate of mine mm-hmm. who'd done the same thing with a bunch of her friends. And she told me exactly the same thing happened to her. The coin that they were using as a marker just lost its shit and just, ping, straight up, die straight, broke the street lamp that they yeah. were sat under. And I I mean, yeah, you get urban myths and urban legends and stuff, but I can't believe that from a totally separate background, the that story would, story, the exact yeah, same yeah. story would have passed down. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's creepy as shit. I mean, like, you, I think scepticals would say like, oh, it's like electromagnetic energy and yeah. something's charged. There's and,
0: obviously a fridge on too high in the distance.
2: Yeah. Or some... Something yeah, like that, yeah. So, yeah. But,
0: Some bullshit.
2: So that was the first instance. Um, my dad did a Ouija board with some of his mates when he was younger, and they're in the thing of you know speaking to this spirit or whatever it was. Mm. And uh, one of them asked it stupidly, "How much power do you have?"
0: Ooh, that's a. Yeah, the don't answer, the, them, the answer
2: was enough to stop your heart. And in his adult life, this guy had eight heart attacks. Which, Fuck. you know, you, again, you could attribute that to bad lifestyle choices or uh, drugs or whatever, you name it, drinking, whatever. I'd put it down to ghosts. But if if you're a child and something says that to you, you, you'd, if it were me, I'd like straighten up and fly right a bit and not yeah. tempt fate. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was almost cemented. And my dad's pretty stoic. My dad don't really give a shit about stuff. He's pretty no. straight-laced. But I could see in his face reciting that story that he bothered him as a kid
0: that's it you know it's, it's I think it's especially a thing when it's like talking to a parent and, yeah and I know my mum's told me some in the past it's like this is my mum who brought me up from a child hmm. who I know to be the most wonderful woman in the world the nicest woman in the world a woman who will not swear yep. you know and a, who would never ever tell a lie yep. I think she vomit if she tried lying and like <laughs> she told me a, a Ouija story which I've told this before when he did it at a friend's house and they were asking stupid questions yep and then like the glass flew off exploded yep they left that girl's house ended up having to be exercised because uh at wow. night time all the books would be flying off the shelf wow just wrecking the house but uh she also worked at St Luke's oh, okay She's a, she was a nurse back in the day saying so things that used to happen there on the night time yeah the like Lights just doing crazy shit, things out of the corner of your eyes, things moving around. Yep. Yeah. It's like, like you say, when they're saying that, you, know, you see the face has changed. Yeah. They're probably I mean, serious about I it.
2: I could understand it if it was around Halloween and stuff, and my dad or my mum was trying to tell me it as a, like a spooky, scary story because it's, yeah. you know, seasonal. But this is just like random conversations when we were kids and just kind of in, you know, out of context, really. Yeah. yeah. And my dad wasn't saying it as a ghost story or anything to scare us into not doing it. He was just telling us what had happened to him. Matter of fact, yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. yeah. no reason to disbelieve him, Yeah, you know. Um, I
0: think, I, that's what I love about it. It's like, you see people from all walks of life, from all parts of the world, so many have a ghost story. And when they do tell it, they are really serious about it. You know, they, they'll, they'll be like, might be having a fuck about conversation, having a laugh. And then when they start telling a story, all that laughter is suddenly yeah. gone. And yeah. it's like, a, no, no, serious. This, this was... Not groovy. Yep. I got um, sent one the other day about someone, and like, uh, it's more creepy, as in like, they didn't actually see anything, mm. but they were out on a night out, and they did that thing where you like, where's my phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, where's my phone? Check checking the pockets. Yeah,
2: Just yeah, yeah. i
0: think thinking room. you misplaced Yeah, yeah, to yeah. It. I'm like, going, going uh, asked me somewhere. So ask me, can I borrow your phone? So like, yeah, yeah. So I tried phoning the phone, nothing, but it was ringing. Yeah. So it's like, well... Someone's got it. Someone's in the phone. Like, yeah. left a message. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did it again. Phoned again. And uh, this time somebody answered. And didn't say anything. It was just like a some a croaky voice. Just saying, like going uh, 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 Wait, like the Grudge. The elbow, yeah, <laughs> but they couldn't actually make out what he was saying. But it was like creeping, like stop And he went home that night. Lives by himself. His phone's on his bed
2: had forgotten Whoa. it. had not even taken it out. Him. <laughs>
0: but yeah, he's looking at his phone. He's that's, like, hey, there's my missed calls. There's the one that got answered. That's not good. It's, no, I, no, I, that's I did, terrifying. That's i just gave myself goosebumps. So,
2: right, so one of the one of the failed ghost sightings that I've had. Mm. I remember being about oh well, I was in secondary school, so 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, and you know that feeling when someone's watching you. Something's watching you. Yeah, you just yeah. can't place it. I woke up and I saw this white shadowy thing at the end of my bed, this like figure. Ooh. Right. And I, I, cause I was half asleep. I looked at it and I was like, what's that? And kind of rubbed my eyes and looked a bit like and this shape mm-hmm. at the end of my bed, like terrified me. I was absolutely in panic mode, full on duvet, right up, peeping over it, shivers, Goosebumps, the lot. Yeah, yeah. Deep breathing, panic mode. Until I finally kind of woke up a little bit more and rubbed my eyes a bit harder. I went over and turned my bedroom light on. Got the balls to do that, mm-hmm. and it was my school shirt hung up on the side of my wardrobe <laughs> at the bottom of my bedroom. But but at that moment, but at that moment, because yeah. my my old my old house that I lived in with my parents wasn't the, wasn't the it was a lovely home. Yep. Don't get me wrong. The family home is beautiful, but I always had a sense of something wasn't quite right there. Yeah, there's some bad juju in the sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt it the second we moved in. So we moved in. Uh, me and my sister were, I think, I think my sister might have been nine and I was about six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, new house, you get told, pick your bedroom. So this is the middle of an afternoon, probably like a what, Thursday or Friday or something. And uh, 1987... Went upstairs and um, went straight into what became my mum and dad's bedroom. And instant shivers. Mm. Um, really horrible sense of foreboding and dread. Pit, still, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you can't, you it, can't yeah. place it, but it was just instantly wrong. And mm. I, I don't know what it was, but I remember going back up where before we'd moved all the furniture in and everything, I went back up in the evening and the, the lights that were cast from the streetlight from the outside into that room absolutely terrified me for no reason. Mm-hmm. And it just it just amplified this feeling of dread. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. Um, you can sense it. That's six you, sense, can, you can, you can. But in in another kind of weird sense of foreboding, God bless her, my mum, when she passed away, that's the room she died in. Mm-hmm. And where the street lamps cast the light, yeah. that's where the bed was. Right. And it's just like, shit, you know, was that a, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it, yeah, but yeah, is that, that sense of dread, mm-hmm. I'll never forget. I'm, I'm getting proper chills. I can see it's the hair Proper. It, I'm thinking about it now. Look, I'm proper getting goosebumps.
0: Yeah, it's like a, selling that house at the moment, uh, I've, I've been given the task of finding a house. Yeah. Which, because Charlotte, she's away like nine months a year, so yep, yep. I'm out there, and I'm looking around. I always ask two questions when I'm looking around a house, mm. and if it's somebody who's, Leaving that house or Lydia, I met the other day, she saw her mother just passed yep. and she'd lived in this house for 60 years. I was like, hate to ask, yeah. but what's the spider situation like? Yeah. Because I'm not a fan of spiders. Yep. And is there any ghosts? Yeah. And like the lady the other day, sometimes I get a look like, fuck off. <laughs> You're not buying this house. <laughs> and it was, like, it was like, no, it's a very warm house. I was like, it does feel warm. And I brought my mum with me and she was like, it does feel nice and warm. Yeah. And then I was telling her about my house and, we were, I was talking to this woman for about 25 minutes about shit that goes on in my house. I mean, well, you up? the taps came on again this morning and <laughs> stuff like that. She went, well, we don't have all like that here. Yeah, it's spooky, man. There's a lot of spooky house out there. Charlotte was actually, um, the missus, was um, saying when her, her and her dad used to have a house in Eckington. not the house that he's got now, but the one before opposite this old pub. And they used to have shit happen there, like the lights you know, yeah. swinging yeah. like, fuck. And, uh, I know that feeling. And then... Um, she was like about six at the time, and she kept on seeing uh, catching like a woman in a red dress walking about. But, yeah, you know, just we I mean, just a thing. Yeah, but didn't think about it, you know, and just, just some creepy shit. And uh, the dad was at the pub one night, and uh, a guy in there was like, going, "Talking about where he lives. Oh, I live there." He's like, going, oh, I always see that woman walking around in red dress. Oh, walking past the window oh, and shit. shit. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah, them's the ones. <laughs> I used to work in a pub um, in Lockwood, uh, just down the road from my house." Um, and that was one of the oldest pubs in like round here, West Yorkshire, yeah. whatever. Um, and if I was ever locking up on my own late at night, that's when shit would start to affect me the most, Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. T- turning all the lights off and then walking out through the building to get to the outside door to go home. Move and that. your head down really uh, fast. Just, just trying to move as fast as possible yeah. because number of times that I was on shift and seeing what I thought were customers or like shadows moving. Yeah knowing full well the pub's empty. And, you know, that, that feeling. It's not cool. You know you, you know when you're not on your own, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's instinct or something. You, you just know. Yeah. Um, I mean, them's, you get them anywhere. You get them in all buildings. You get them oh, en- anywhere yeah. and everywhere.
0: I mean, um, Carl Smith, he was uh, on episode one, he was telling us uh, about the time after an EVAL tour where you were dropping the gear off in Melbourne. <gasps>
2: Right, so this is interesting. So what I said, so what I said earlier about you know like the the coin flipping up and smashing the street mm. lamp and stuff, this is going to be interesting because I want to know if Carl remembers it the same way that I do, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll corroborate this, won't yeah, you? Yeah. So we'd done a gig. Um, it was quite early on. We might have still been Metal Militia then. I don't think we were Evile, and we were dropping off the equipment at Matt and All's Dad's house because that's where we used to store it. And Tony might have even driven us. Mm-hmm. To that gig, which is why the gear went there. It was late. It was probably three o'clock in the morning, half past three or something. And we're trying to be as quiet as we can, so we're not waking up the neighbours on this cul de sac. And um, where where that house was, it's kind of rural uh, in a way. That it, like borders onto fields, and then the fields border onto like moorland and a bit of forest and all that kind of stuff. And it's mm. not—I won't say it's inhospitable, but it's pretty bleak up there. Yeah, yeah. So we're loading the gear away into this garage, trying to be as quiet as we can. And then all of us just stop dead and go, "What? what's that noise? And we all just kind of put the gear down and listened. And all of us at the same point looked at each other and we heard like little children singing Ring-a-Ring-a-Roses and it was kind of carrying on the breeze, but from the direction of fucking nothing on this hillside. There's nothing up there. Yeah, and yeah. at that time in the morning, why would there be a bunch of kids singing Ring a Ring of Roses in the middle of a field? Yeah, And we all just stopped and looked and said, can you hear that, what I'm hearing? And we all just went, yep. Yep, yep, we can, yep. Let's get the gear away quick. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. Jumped in the other vehicles and, and fucked off out of there. But it was terrifying.
0: That's the exact same story. That is it? On. Is that, yeah. is that exactly. verbatim? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Right, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. There not, you nice. Go. not nice. Well, I've been doing a thing on this where each week, I'm not being shown to people at home, but um, I'll tell you the story. But um, I was in Florida late last year.
1: Mm.
0: Went to see, uh, met with my mate, the Brad, who's a singer in a great punk band called The Attack. And mm-hmm. he was showing us around the dirty dive bars of Orlando. Yep. And we were talking about ghosts and he was saying uh, how he was a non-believer. Mm. And one night he was in, in uh, a hot, what was meant to be one of the most haunted hotels in America, one of the, that sort of thing. And um,
2: we played one of them in, in Winnipeg. I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah.
0: I don't think it was Winnipeg, but yeah. but yeah, he, he was uh, just talking about it and like going on a video chat with his missus and going, "Ah, yeah, Ooh, look a bit haunted hotel." Blah <laughs> blah. He's like, nah, fuck it, where are the other people here?" Blah blah blah. Suddenly, like hung up, and she's like, "Going, did you not see that?" You and she picked it up. She got a screenshot. <gasps>
2: let me see. Let me see. Let I see. have the photo. Do I want to see? Is it terrifying? Oh mate, it's not cool.
0: <laughs> it's not cool. There it's not going to be a
2: picture of your dick, is it?
0: It's not. That's the
1: next picture.
2: <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> it's,
1: it's fucking awful, isn't it? Do
2: you know the only thing that could make that picture worse is if she was looking at the camera with two, like, tiny yeah. pinprick <laughs> eyes. Do you, know, do you know the ones I make?
0: It's just not nice. That is it? that is terrifying. Like how they're dressed and everything like that. Yeah. It looks like the head is kind of like... Tilt well, it's, it's proper
2: and anachronistical as well. It's yeah. like that kind of shape and silhouette isn't from this era, is no, it? No. That outfit doesn't go. You
0: know, it was one of those things where I felt, when I was looking at the picture, I'm like, hair set up. Yeah, I got a cold sweat. Yeah, I just got and a bit just panicky like, then. Just, you know, you had to prop up. Yeah.
2: Oof. You feel your chest tighten a bit. Yeah, yeah. And he he didn't know. No. no Can you no. imagine what it was like for his missus to yeah. have seen it and not hit <laughs> but but then again that's pretty cool if he's like a non-believer and everything it's like well, there you go it doesn't matter yeah
0: there there it is yeah yeah
2: the proof is in the pudding so we we played this place in Winnipeg and um, something George Hotel and there'd been a notorious murder there a few years well a couple of decades prior or something and someone got decapitated and um, butchered and put in a bathtub you say that's it. a bad way to die. I've heard it's pretty, pretty horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't confirm that <laughs> having not having all my limbs. <laughs> but, um, and the, the, the guy who owns it like used to take the bands who played there up into the room where it happened, and same thing, instant chills. Yeah. Not, not that we saw any ghosts in there or anything, but that's how we sold it. Like, oh, it's a haunted hotel, and blah blah blah. But just the fact that knowing that something so horrible happened there that's chilled it. you anyway. Yeah. We played a place in Milwaukee called the Rave which is on the tour circuit. Every band who tours America plays the Rave. Mm-hmm. And it used to be, I think it was the 20s, used to be an old ballroom. Yeah. Nowadays like recent years they put a, a bowling lanes in underneath and but at the bottom was the old swimming pool and swimming bath area. Um and what they used the ballroom for upstairs, they used to stage boxing matches there. Yeah. But all the equipment that for that, like the the old fashioned weighing scales and everything are all downstairs in and around the the building where the swimming pool is, mm. and the rumor is that that is the most haunted place in, in those states. It's like proper a focal point for like horrible shit and everything. Um, and funnily enough, that's where the dressing rooms are for when you do a gig. Boo. Just just alongside <laughs> this haunted haunted swimming bath. So what bands do when they go in there? They get a bottle, an empty bottle, and mark a square of a tile in the swimming pool. Or put a chair a certain way, yeah, go yeah. and do the gig and come back and a hundred times out of a hundred, it'll have moved. And it's not, it's not like anyone else is allowed down there. It's just yeah, bands. And as much as I'd like to think that it's other bands screwing with the support <laughs> bands and all that kind of stuff, same kind of thing. That horrible sense of foreboding and dread and everything, I got down there. When a load of rest of lads were upstairs doing merch or whatever, me and a couple of others were the only people down there and I thought I'd be really brave. And I went through this door that was slightly ajar. Mm. And it went down into like maintenance area and the, the boiler room and all that kind of stuff. But I couldn't get down the bottom of the stairs into the place because there was like two, foot, maybe three feet of standing water. So it was right. obviously flooded because it was sub, sub-basement level. Yeah, And uh, it was really dark. No power in that bit. So instantly I'm on edge. Like going down these stairs, feeling mm-hmm. brave with my little flashlight on my on my phone, you know. And I tried to angle around this door and see as much as I could, and like you know, big big iron doors shutting off places and this mm-hmm. big boiler and everything and all the pipe work. From,
0: from a nightmare,
2: you know that bit in It in Stephen King's. It? I was just had that when right. you go downstairs. Where, yeah, yeah. Where the
0: and where Pennywise is half head just popping up.
2: No, it's the bit where it's the bit where um who's the who's the funny one, the comedy guy, Bill thank you mm-hmm. of, uh, of Saturday Night Live? Uh, uh, no, it's... Uh, oh, shit, I can't think which one it is. Anyways, the, the class clown one, he goes down there and he ends up being Pennywise as the werewolf. Mm. But it's that instant thing that's like he's trying to find the janitor down there and it just looks all industrial. Yeah, yeah. I had that in my head while I was doing it. <laughs> and then I saw the shadows. Oh. And it was like I was being watched from all angles and there were shadows being cast in there. Bear in mind, I've got one light source there were shadows cast in directions that I wasn't even looking, and it was terrifying. It just felt like everything at once was coming to get me, and I fucking bolted. I, I've Why never run it? as fast up that up a staircase in my life, or, evidently. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it was horrible. And yeah. it, it shut me up for about an hour. I just couldn't I couldn't focus. I couldn't think. I was just absolutely just ruined mentally. Mm-hmm. It, it scared the shit it out of yeah. me.
0: Yeah, I mean, those sort of situations, you just... Fuck you,
2: up. Well, it, it, it like just it. served me right because I was trying to be all big and brave and hard and be like, "Oh yeah, I'll go and have a look and you're explore on my own." Curious, I don't, man. yeah. You just, but curious. no. It, it it got me. I'm yep. um, trying to think what else has happened over the years. I mean, when I was younger, it used to happen quite a lot.
0: Would well, you say know, that that's the age when you are yeah. a kid? That yeah, when, like, well, That must september.
2: have been must have been like nine or ten. Um, where that my family house was, it used to back onto some playing fields. And the playing field's backed on some woods. And in the woods, it was like a really cool mountain bike track and a BMX track.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And me and all my mates used to go up there and play around on our BMXs and stuff, like as you did back then. Um, but I remember this one time, it was me and a mate, Martin, we just thought we'd go for a trek through the woods. Just a bit of a walk on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. Broad daylight, probably about one o'clock. You know, after you've finished watching Thundercats and yeah, yeah. eating your cereal and watched all your cartoons on Saturday morning telly. Mm-hmm. Go and play out. So we went and played and we went for a walk in this in the woods and there was one one hill that went up into the woods and it was a narrow path and it fell away to the right down like a banking um and that that kind of joined onto like an industrial estate with the sewage works and water yeah. treatment plant and all that kind of stuff so there was no no clear way up this hill other than through this path um anyway this jogger was running down the hill towards us but he didn't he didn't look right he didn't look like he belonged there, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. His clothes were like old fifties or sixties running clothes, you know, like the guys from the 118, 118 advert. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like old old throwback kind of running gear, yeah. like proper ropey vest and those little running shorts that the proper short, come shorts. up your crack. Yeah, we can see it. the
0: nads hanging out. Yes, yeah,
2: he was like that. So me and my friend Martin at the side, like we we had to step off the path so he could run past. And on the way past, he went, all right, Ben. So I got instantly looked at by Martin going, how does that guy know who you are? Do you know him? And I went, I went, I went, I went, went, no. And we both turned around and he'd fucking gone. And I'm not talking like we turned around a couple of minutes later. We turned around within 10 seconds of him passing and there was nowhere else for him to go other than down this one single path to the exit of the woods. But he just fucking vanished. He hadn't gone up the hill, and he wasn't like you know struggling to get up the hill. He hadn't fallen down the side and you know landed anywhere. He'd just gone. That's a nice. But he knew my name. And he's still and here. He, he, today. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the same kind of thing applies. He just totally. He shouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With what he was wearing and how he looked, he shouldn't have been there. That's freaky. But it's the like, fact that he knows my name, just yeah, just fuck it's off. like.
0: Um, like, Steve last week was saying um, how he had like a full body thing, similar, uh, similar where he was at work at Think Tank and he used to have a lot of work people in there. And he's walking down the steps one day, down the back steps, two guys walking up. So he like stepped outside, let them pass. You know, I'm sorry, sorry. Yep. Went to office and was saying, you know, oh, I didn't know we had workmen in today. We don't. <laughs> went on CCTV. You see him going down the steps. And there's no one there. Stepped the outside, fuck all coming up. Oh, it's terrifying. I just remember another one from when I was a kid. A childhood home in Olmenbury. We lived at the bottom of this little row of houses and uh, next door neighbours was Ruby Riddle. <laughs> Ruby Riddle. She had, she it had sounds a, like a Roald Dahl character. <laughs> she, had like a, she had a hump. and uh, I think her husband was called Harold. I feel bad that I've forgotten his name because it involves him. Anyway, um, he had one once where he'd had a big heart attack. And it, I remember as a kid, the story behind that was creepy. He'd gone outside and seen a massive, massive black bird on top oh, yeah. of the lamppost. And was going, Ruby, Ruby, look at this bird. And then had a big heart attack.
2: I thought the bird was saying Ruby. I was like, that's pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but had a big heart attack, but he survived and everything and came back. But then eventually he did die. But we were really close and like... Did he
2: die from crow injuries?
0: <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he took his eyes, he told a lie. <laughs> so, but uh, once he died, because um, I was really gotten well. When I used to go around, they used to give me cake and shit. Mm. Not shit. Yeah, I'll, that's not, a whole different story for a whole different time. I was going to say, that's but, not, yeah, that's not pleasurable. he passed away and Ruby was like going, he'd want you to have this. And it was a small wind-up little gramophone mm. that played Green Sleeves. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's lovely. Bah, bah, bah. Every night that fucker would start up. <gasps> Every single night, no.
2: playing, playing green sleeves. Uh, um. At least he didn't play it backwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he <it> did. <laughs> no, but, but I remember, like, a, like a lot of weird shit used to happen in that house. Anyway, which you'll find out in other episodes because there's a lot of <laughs> stuff. Out. But like, I remember. Taking it apart and everything. See, so I don't like it. This, yeah, something that, about it. I'm, I'm seven years old, so I took it all apart and screwed it all. So just the middle part every night. Same Still, time. yeah, just start playing green sleeves all the time. That's terrifying. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I'd have yeeted that into the sun.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a. I mean, it was probably him just trying to say hello. Yeah, you yeah. Know.
2: Potentially, but oh, you know,
0: why do you want to scare a little seven-year-old boy like exactly, that? Exactly. Yeah, with just green put sleeves. Put me in your will or something. Yeah. Motherfucker. I don't just, mean that. Just sure. leave me 50 <laughs> pence and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my mum at the same time, she used to uh, run old folks' homes. Oh, yeah. And they were scary, man. Yeah. It's like, I, I there used to be a lady who used to think that I was her son mm. and chase me down the corridor. Wow. Saying, Where's my son? And I'd like...
2: In, in that f- exact voice?
0: E- that exact, <gasps> I
2: mean, maybe
0: she just overtook me. I remember running one night, one day, sorry, into a... Um, the games room and it was like some of the shining man I'd be hid under the, this, the pool table and she'd be, you'd see her like varicose vein legs and slippers oh, walking no. past going where are you my oh, son no. she wasn't a ghost but it was fucking scary man
2: <laughs> might as well have been gigs ghosts
0: and grannies <laughs> that's the next season you know
2: <laughs> but Unless
0: you've
2: got any more stories, you've got anything else? No, just like did, did you ever remember when Huddersfield Musical College, like the music department, got moved into what used to be the old hospital? Yeah, old Yeah, and yeah, it became it became what was the old Morgue became the music block. I yeah. have never seen more crying girls in my life than shit that happened down in that room because oh, really? like the the Morgue and everything, you know, old classrooms and stuff and. Mm-hmm. People just running out left, right, and centre, screaming and bawling because they'd seen stuff. So that needed to end, unless they did yeah. it on purpose, just <laughs> to shit all the students. Tumultuous up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, I remember when we were um, at junior school, the, uh, when you were like in that your final year of junior school, uh, the the class gets sent to Cliff House for a weekend. Oh yeah, had, yeah. I like never that. went, but
2: they did take us to Cliff House. Yeah, and,
0: but. Uh, I've heard like years later, it happened every time a class went there, The uh one of the girls' bedrooms, you'd be out like looking for bugs or some shit and you'd come back and the girls' bedroom, all the drawers would be out, all the clothes would be all over the bedroom. Wow. Yeah, and I'd up and all the time. I mean, I remember when I was sleeping there and I was scared because there was a rocking chair in the fucking room. Oh, no. Who does no, that, just, man, you know?
2: You're just asking for trouble.
0: Yeah, and I was like, couldn't sleep one night, but then I did fall asleep. Then I woke up. And I wasn't even in my dorm anymore. I was in one of the other dorms, in bed with Mark Laverick. What? I, thought, I don't know if I'd slept, walk or been carried by a ghost yeah, put in this bed, but maybe it's a bad time. One I, thing I will I say, cried, I cried while I was there.
2: One thing I will say is like when people see ghosts and stuff like that, like that photo you've shown me. Yeah. Why is it always like you know old-fashioned clothing and people from back then? It's never, it's never like I don't know Barry from a death last no, week no, who's no, no, just no. choked on a Greggs you and say that, no, but, uh, unfortunately passed away from choking.
0: And uh, you say, but uh, there's been a lot of stories I've heard lately where it's been just like, people like that one Steve last week, those two guys walking up steps. Oh, well, uh, yes, yeah, I saw. I was saying last week, the, uh, this woman I saw walking through town was just something not right about her. Yeah. And, like, you know,
2: well, uh, it's feel that that could <laughs> be said for <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> it
1: was my <up> by Primark, <laughs> you know, what do you expect?
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, th- I think there is, I think, and, um, I think people do drop into that old cliche of like Victorian crows. Yeah. But then a lot of people do see things now where, nah, man, it's, um, uh, not Uncle Bobby, the Peter from down road or something
2: who died. I hope I don't ever get that. <laughs> don't want to be visited
0: <laughs> by him. Thanks. You'd be too old for him now, man. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but Ben, let me just say, thank you very much for joining thank us. You, dude.
2: It's been my pleasure. It's been an
0: absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, Thank you all for listening. That's Ben Carter of EVAL. New album, what's it called again?
2: Uh, it's that title, I can't tell you yeah, yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll be out later this year and they will be touring. So go check out EVAL. Go check out Foreigner's Journey when they're out about. Go check out, what is it? Not Johnny B. Bad.
2: JB Good. JB <laughs> Good. Johnny B. Bad. <laughs> That's yeah, the other one I haven't yeah. set up yet.
0: <laughs> JB Good. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time. I can't remember who the guest is next week. It could be Elliot from Nosebleed get in get in but yeah uh, keep in touch remember to subscribe on all channels leave a review leave a rating uh, keep listening in send me your ghost stories it's been good this has been Gigs and Ghosts episode 6
1: woo so
0: now
1: it's not recording anymore you can tell us the name of that album can you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's-